After graduating high school, my brothers and I were put to work at Hyde Sheet Metal. I have to be careful going forward with this story because my parents are here, and any exaggeration in this story, they will tell me about on the four and a half hour drive we have ahead of us today. So be very careful. Okay. And right after I graduated high school, I went, got my summer worker union card, started working in the shop mostly and as a gopher, driving around, picking up, learning the basics of working in the sheet metal industry, architectural sheet metal. After about four, six weeks of this, the, uh, the riding boss, Glenn, comes in on Friday and he says, Patrick, you're going out on the roof next week. And I was excited. You know, I, here I am, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show, I'm going to earn my keep, I'm going to show these guys that I'm not some pampered owner's son, that I can do a hard day's work, that I'm willing to do this. I get out to the job, you know, like a half hour early the first day, and first thing in the morning, I'm doing whatever they ask me to do, right? The low man, so I'm carrying stuff, I'm moving stuff around, it's me and two other guys on this job. And then they say, okay, we're going to go over on this side of this huge warehouse and work on what we need to finish, and you're going to hang cleat around the top of this building. So basically going up and down a ladder, banging, you know, and hammer and nail, putting this piece of metal on the roof so that we could attach something else to it the next couple of days. At the end of the day, my left thumb was completely battered and bruised from smashing it with the hammer, but I was so proud of myself. You know, I'd done this work. I'd worked as hard as I'd ever worked in my life. The next day... I get out there, and it's just me and the other guy now. The, other, the, I was, the reason I was out there is because the, the guy he was working with was going to apprentice school, and so here I am out there with him. And he says, Patrick, you've got to pick up the pace. <laughs> and I'm just absolutely, I'm like, how? Like, I hurt, I'm hurting. How can I possibly go any faster? And then he showed me how to work. He showed me to be more efficient in my movement. Instead of going to the pile on the other side of the roof, to lay it out across the entirety of the roof so I can just keep moving the ladder and keep going. And by lunch that day, I had done more work than I had done the entirety of the day before. Then the next day, he started working with me. We were hanging coping on this cleat. And we were able to do, in one day, the two of us, which was more technical work, which required a little more time, as much work as I was able to do on myself the entire day before. And this is a great image for our Christian life, for so many of us, right? So many of us are working really, really hard. We come to Mass every Sunday. We try to pray. We try to lead a good life to serve others. And we have a life that we can hang our hat on and be proud. But it's a slug. It's a drudge. It's difficult. We don't know how to do any more than what we're possibly doing. And when a challenge or a difficulty comes our way, we can fall apart. And this is why in the Gospel, Jesus doesn't send the apostles out on their own. He sends them out two by two. The church is built not by programs. The church is built not by sheer numbers. The church, the gospel is spread through relationship, through a master and apprentice working together and sharing that with those they encounter. This is the history. Oftentimes we think that the way a parish should work is that we have programs for religious education. We have programs for the campus ministry. We have programs for whatever community we're serving, and that's what we do, and that's enough. The last 60 years have showed us that that's not working at all, frankly. 80% of the people who are baptized Catholic are gone. They're gone. Why? Because if we're not building relationship, the information 
Even the truth doesn't necessarily sink in and mean anything. But when we build relationship, the gospel has exceptional, powerful value. The last few years, our campus ministry program has grown almost exponentially. Why? Because people are inviting other people. At the Sunday suppers, on our retreats, in our small group Bible studies, why are people there? Someone invited them. Someone invested time with them. Someone, when they came, said, hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee? Let me hear your story. That's why they come. That's why they stay. This is the church. The Dominican order in particular, when St. Dominic was given the papal bull, establishing the Dominican order for the universal church, he had about 16 friars. What did he do? He sent them away, two by two, to the universities. Within a few generations, there were more than 10,000 Dominican friars in the church. We want to hoard, we want to work, but we need to go, we need to share, we need to build relationship. The fundamental church, the domestic church, the first church we all encounter is where? In the family, two by two, husband and wife, investing in each other, learning how to love someone, who has hurt them, learning how to forgive someone, learning how to walk with someone for a lifetime, and then imparting that on the children. And then we as a parish, we as a community, we in ministry, those of us who are called priests and lay alike to ministry, are building up what has already been established. We are helping grow what is taking root in the soil of the home. This is basic discipleship. This is the basics of the church. This is to what we are all called. And so I'm going to lay a challenge on all of you today. Look around the church right now. Is there someone here you see who you know, maybe by name, but don't know their story? Don't know who they really are? Don't know anything about them other than, I see them at church every Sunday, and their name is Jim. Talk with that person. Go to coffee with that person. Invest, learn, listen. This is how we build the church. And we're probably sitting there saying, like Amos in that first reading, well, I'm just a, you know, a professor at the university, or I just drive a taxi, or I'm a sycamore dresser, or I'm hanging coping on the side of a building. But as St. Paul says, you have been chosen. You have been set apart. You have been adopted in Christ Jesus. Your life is to sum up all things in Christ. We have a very clear choice ahead of us for those of us who take our faith seriously. We can keep climbing the ladder and working on our own. And at the end of a life, we can probably have a pretty happy life, probably a pretty good life. Or we can work. We can invest. We can grow and build relationship. We can choose to share what the Lord has given me to my brother and sister in need, to get to know them, to invite, to nurture and build up the kingdom of God. Because as Jesus sends the apostles, he sends us. He gives us power. He gives us authority. Each one of us in our baptism is priest, prophet, and king. Each one of us is as powerful, as beautiful, has a story worth telling, like the prophet Amos or St. Paul. Go and share that story. Go and listen. 
invite and love.